Hey there, I'm Andrew Yeager, and this is WBHM Politics. The eyes of the political world are on Alabama as we look toward Tuesday's special election for the U.S. Senate. Republican Roy Moore and Democrat Doug Jones are vying for the Senate seat vacated by Attorney General Jeff Sessions. It's a race that's had plenty of intrigue from the beginning, but that rose exponentially after allegations Moore engaged in sexual misconduct with teenage girls when he was in his 30s, or has vehemently denied the accusations. There is so much wrapped up in the special election, and we'll unpack a bit of it today. Joining the discussion is Lori Owens. She's a political science professor at Jacksonville State University. Lori, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be with you. I also have Melissa Grayson. She's a political science professor at Samford University. And Marissa, good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Also, uh, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart, our local government reporter here at WBHM. Cheryl, great to have you back. Great to be here. Well, I should also mention that we are recording this conversation on Tuesday, December 4th. There's always a chance that things could change in this final week of the Senate race. But I want to start with sort of the latest things that we've been seeing, and that's the fact that on Monday, President Trump, he endorsed Roy Moore fully, and we've seen Republicans slowly kind of coming back into the fold. The Republican National Committee says it will support Roy Moore financially, where they had severed ties before. Uh, Lori, how do you read sort of these Republicans coming back into Roy Moore's camp? Well, my, my suspicion is they've, they've seen the, the internal polling, too, and, and the public polling. And right now they, they do think that uh, Mr. Moore is, is better positioned uh, and, and looking at the history uh, of Alabama, uh, we are a very red state. Uh, Moore was always going to be a, a weaker candidate in a, in a general election. Uh, and keep in mind, there's still a week left. But it, but, it, but it does appear to the Republicans that they may this may be the person they may be working with uh, next year. I suspect that, that that's the reason behind the shift. And Marissa, do you see it as we, we just want to back a winner? We want to go with the guy that's going to end up winning this thing? I think it's not just we need to back a winner, but we need to back a Republican. So we've heard several times comments such as this is the only choice we have on the ballot. Um, And so given Alabama law, I think the reason they're backing him is because parties being placed as a priority. Uh, Cheryl, how does this race sit right now a week out? You know, we've seen these movements from Republicans back toward Roy Moore, but sort of how are the camps positioned here? I tell you, almost anything goes right now. And we don't know what will go. When you think about the fact that the Republican uh, National Committee is coming back in, that means more dollars are coming Moore's way. When I look at the airwaves, it's just obvious that Moore did not or may not have had a lot of money to put into television ads. Will there be an, uh, an infusion of cash to the point where he can do more television or radio ads? Will Doug Jones do a reset? and ramp up in any way because I think I think there's going to be uh, more tension now uh, in both camps and, and everyone probably has to take a good look and see okay what's next this is changing this is a game that's a game changer kind of the game right now it seems kind of conventional wisdom is that you know these allegations came out about a month ago against Roy Moore polling indicated some voters kind of pulled away from him but now it seems he's he's back um, maybe a little bit on top of Doug Jones. Uh, Lori Owens, do you see these allegations actually having um, moved voters, or is this sort of a wash? Well, it, it might end up being a wash. The, the trouble with uh, these types of allegations, as we're you know, hearing more and more of them, not just in this race, is very often it's a, a he said, she said scenario. Now, on some occasions, there, somebody has caught something on a, 
a live mic or somebody took a photograph of something of that nature. So I think the sense by a lot of people that I know is how are we really going to know if these allegations are true? So some some people may, who are generally vote Republican, may go ahead and hold their nose and do it, whereas some just might decide they're not going to go vote that day. Yeah. What's the sense of, of how things are playing out in your corner of the state? Because certainly around Birmingham, this is where Doug Jones is from. You see lots of Doug Jones signs. Right. How do you see things in eastern Alabama, or how do you see things playing out among folks there not too far from where Roy Moore is from? Well, that's right. We're, we're, in, we're in a rural area of the state, and that, that of course, it will be where Moore uh, is stronger. He, he does have, uh, you know, solid support uh, in this part of the state. Uh, and the the people that are solid supporters of Roy Moore, they have they have been unmoved for for the most part on you know the, the position after these allegations surfaced. But one of the things that I did note of interest uh, for years, you have not seen hardly any Democratic signs uh, in in this part of the state. Uh, I am seeing a lot more Doug Jones signs than I ever thought I would. Uh, now signs don't vote, we know that. So that's not going to translate into necessarily votes for Doug Jones, but he's a legitimate Democratic candidate that, you know, actually has a chance in the race. Another group of voters that could have an impact, certainly critical for Doug Jones, are African-American voters. And Cheryl, you spent some time looking at the African-American vote. And just in general, what are you finding and how are they responding to Doug Jones? The majority respond very favorably to to Doug Jones. They are 769,000 African-American voters registered in the state of Alabama. I don't know a specific percentage, but I would say the overwhelming majority uh, vote Democrat. And Jones has been trying very hard to rally that base. I mean, there's an ad with an endorsement from Charles Barkley. Flyers are hitting the mailboxes almost daily in some cases, pegged toward justice, unity, coming together. There was one that I received that even said, Roy Moore is not on our side. So definitely he is, Doug Jones is trying to rally African-American voters by pushing um, that theme of justice for the community as it relates to the 16th Street Baptist Church bombs. There are some who say he's gone too far on that. There are others who say that he has not touched on other issues enough that impact the African-American community and the other and, and the total community, like education and jobs and, and, and safety and those kinds of things. Do you see from the folks that you talk to that they feel like Doug Jones is actually speaking to them or he's taking the black vote for granted, as you sometimes hear Democrats accused of doing? I have heard that coming from others. I, I spoke with an African-American Republican who said that uh, Democrats take the black voters for granted. But when I was out at an event a couple of weeks ago in Inslee, uh, people there said they were familiar familiar with Doug Jones. He had been in the community before he ran for office and certainly they were looking they were planning to support him the key is will those folks go to the polls and and that's he's got to rally them if he has a chance well one of the other groups that's seen as key in this election is women what do both sides have to do to see that they they end up with the result that they want yeah i think um probably what we'll learn most about this election and how republicans will fit in 2018 is how women voters and especially suburban women voters um come out if they come out to vote and who they vote for in this election and um 
certainly tied to the Me Too campaign and a lot of other things going on, women are paying more attention to some of these criticisms as far as allegations. And so I think you have some people who, even Republican women, who now feel like they have a reason besides um, just who Roy Moore is and his past as far as serving on the Supreme Court to maybe vote against him or not show up to vote. But then you've also seen plenty of women, um, for example, there have been lots of interviews with women in Gadsden and other rural areas saying, we don't know if this actually happened. And ultimately, they're going to look at issues of abortion over um, these allegations. The, the idea being that for those that have take a hardline stance against abortion, that, that Roy Moore is your candidate. Right. I think that there are plenty of people who are not going to budge, that they see it as um, even if he had uh, done what he's accused of, it's better than having a Democrat who's pro-life in the election. And shortly after the first allegations came out, I had a conversation or an interview with several people uh, in Etowah County. There was this one woman who, who just really sticks out of my mind. She said, you know, if we look in everyone's closet, you will find something from years ago that they may not be proud of. And she's willing to forgive, even if these accusations are true. You know, she's a, she identified herself as a born-again Christian, and she was perfectly willing to, to forgive uh, Judge Moore if, indeed, she did not know whether these accusations were true, but if they were, she was open to that. One of the things that I've, that I've been mulling over is re- regarding the social issues I once had a conversation with a a conservative black minister, and he said, you know, your conservative black churches would be every bit as conservative and be zeroed in on the social issues as as a white church. And I guess I'm wondering what what the abortion uh, factor, the abortion uh, position, what impact that might have on on black conservatives who, who feel strongly about it, or if it would be enough to, you know, to even matter. Well, actually, I interviewed uh, a black conservative minister. He was a very, very solid anti-abortion. I think there are many people who will align, whose beliefs align with with those that are pushed by Roy Moore. You know, Lori, you said something that I found interesting. You said you've seen more signs for Doug Jones for a Democrat in your corner of the state than you have any previous election cycle. Do you chalk that up to... Roy Moore, the Republican candidate, or is Doug Jones actually waging a Democratic statewide campaign that we really haven't seen here in Alabama for a while? Well, I think it might be a little bit of both. I think part of it's a reaction to Roy Moore, but I think a big element of it is the Democrats feel like they have a candidate they can believe in, that they can be fired up about. Uh, they're legitimate. They're not just a name you know, on the, on the ballot. They're not just a placeholder. Doug Jones has a, you know, has a legitimate record. They have reason to feel like that they're back in the game again. And this, they're 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 starting a strategy that Republicans did years ago when there was never anybody on the ballot but Democrats. And once in a while, you would see a Republican now and then, and but nobody took them seriously. So this this is part of the state Democratic effort, I'm sure, to begin to build back uh, their party so they can be actually be a competitive party again. And I um, think it's important to think back to 2012 when Roy Moore was running against Bob Vance and only won by three points. Uh, This is for the state Supreme Court. For the state Supreme Court, correct. And so Roy Moore has not been 
uh, candidate that lots of Republicans want to support. And we saw that then and we're seeing that now. And so I think for Doug Jones, Roy Moore was probably the only candidate running that he had a good chance of beating. But also Doug Jones is probably one of the few people as a Democrat who has a chance against Roy Moore. So non-controversial prosecutor, lawyer within the community that's well-respected, doesn't have too liberal of views. And so I think that's part of the reason this race is tight besides the allegations. And the other question you have to, to ponder here is that in the runoff between Roy Moore and Luther Strange, the percentage of the turnout was very slim. Uh, if you look overall, I believe it was about 8% of of registered voters in Alabama chose Roy Moore at that time. So will that 8%, if that is the extent of the turnout, be enough to boost him beyond a Doug Jones who's who's working very hard to, to pull in every number that he can? Not saying that Moore is not doing the very same thing, but certainly more than 8% will have to turn out for him if he's to have a success. And I don't think we'll know really until Tuesday because we don't have state polling happening. And so um, we have groups that are coming in and doing polling, a lot of relying just on landlines um, and not necessarily getting the sample. And a lot of people who maybe will show up to vote for Roy Moore that don't want to admit it in um, in a poll. And so I don't think we really know quite how turnout's going to be. Well, thinking about this issue around the Republicans, Marissa, you pointed out that uh, Roy Moore has never been popular with all parts of the Republican Party. He's underformed, uh, underperformed compared to other Republican candidates. And Lori Owens, I wonder, assuming we have a Roy Moore victory, what does that do to, to the Republican Party in, in Alabama? Do they just fall in line behind this guy with uh, some pretty serious accusations against him? No, no, I don't, I don't think they will. I think the, uh, the split in the party has been there for, for some time, and it's probably going to become, you know, more pronounced. We've seen just so such a dramatic shift in things in the last year. Uh, you, you just you would be very unwise to bet money on anything, but I think you're going to see uh, a continued, you know, division within the party uh, to figure out uh, what to do. And certainly, this race is is not yet an indication as as to what might happen to the party at the state level or national level for next November, because that's a year off. Uh, and that's an eternity in politics. But uh, this is a question that I have for the political scientists here, and that is, if Doug Jones is, su- is successful, what does that do for Alabama's Democratic Party? Or if he is more competitive than, than expected, what does that do? Because there are divisions also within the state's Democratic Party. Well, I would be interested to see how long Doug Jones would be in office, and I think that would make a difference. So if Roy Moore wins, incumbents have so many advantages, it may be hard to get him out of office, but Doug Jones may just be there for that term. That being said, um, I do think that the Democratic Party in Alabama that's pretty split is going to have to come together and figure out where their priorities are. It was interesting when you were talking earlier about the social issues within the state not being addressed. Today, Doug Jones was off talking about the importance of preschool and improving quality education in inner city schools as well. And so I wonder if there he's trying to bring some of those splits within the Democratic Party together. And so I think he hopes to be able to be the person who brings it together, but I'm not sure if um, he'll provide that leadership. Lori, what do you think about that? What does a Doug Jones win do 
to the Democratic Party in Alabama. Uh, I do think it would it would give a, a big, if, if not just a temporary boost and second wind, if you will, to the to the state Democrats who who do do want to rebuild their party. But as Cheryl pointed out, there there have always been very very large divisions within the Democratic Party. Now they're united right now because they're just they're trying to get Doug Jones uh, to either win or to have a very good showing. Uh, and then I think if you did have a Senator Jones, then I think those divisions would reappear, and he would be under quite a bit of pressure uh, regarding the, the various, you know, factions, if you will, uh, within the state Democratic Party. But but as as Marissa, you know, pointed out, you know, a Doug Jones victory, we don't know if that would be a temporary victory or not. Well, go to the national level. What does a, a Senator Doug Jones or Senator Roy Moore look like on the national level? A Senator Doug Jones. Uh, he'll he'll be caught between what the people in Alabama want and then the factions that will begin to emerge in the Democratic Party again, and also what Democrats like Chuck Schumer want. And if if Doug Jones wants some help from them in a, in a regular election cycle, uh, there's certain votes that they're going to expect him to make, and those may be uh, contrary to what you know the people of Alabama. Uh, you know, might won't. Uh, the other uh, concern, the other factor, and this is for Moore and for Jones, is if there's a vacancy on the courts within the next year, especially the Supreme Court. We know what a bloodbath that can be. A Senator Moore, uh, he doesn't have a, a record of being a team player. Uh, he's so far been running against the, the leadership that will assign him his office and a committee. What is he going to do? What kind of headway is he going to make to advocate for Alabama? And the same with Doug Jones. What kind of alliances uh, can he build? Or will he be more limited in trying to build those alliances and advocate for Alabama because he's, he's a Democrat and not a Republican? Well, as we wrap up this conversation, I want to go around and throw this question out to all three of you. And that's basically we're a week out from the election a lot can happen in that time, and you know, statistically, this is a toss-up. So what will you be watching for on Tuesday night and, and Wednesday morning after the election? Cheryl? Wednesday morning after, after the election, I will look at uh, the box-by-box totals to determine where the strengths uh, came for each of the candidates. You know, I want to know how the voters perform at the uh, at the Homewood Public Library and at Gardendale Civic Center and at Legion Field, uh, the large Jefferson County boxes. But then I want to look up in Etowah County and Pike County and just sort of get a picture of what happened on Tuesday and then, you know, start projecting what will it be uh, in, during the midterm elections next year. We will learn a lot from this election. Marissa Grayson, what will you be watching for? And I think even more than how people voted is who shows up to vote. Um, I think we'll need to pay attention to the weather Tuesday morning. I think that can influence things. The fact that this is a special election during holiday season is certainly interesting. And so I think seeing who shows up to vote and what turnout is like in areas that tend to be largely Republican will help give us indicators about Roy Moore's future and uh, the Republican Party in Alabama. Lori Owens, what about you? What, what are you going to be on the lookout for? Well, I think we're all looking at some of the same things. Uh, you know, who's going to turn out on, on Tuesday morning, just, you know, a couple of weeks before uh, the Christmas holidays. Uh, I believe the weather is projected to be quite a bit cooler that day. 
another thing that Cheryl hit on, looking at that map of the state, you know, the red and the blue. Uh, when we, we study Southern politics, V.O. Key talks about friends and neighbors. I'm going to be interested to see uh, the, the county breakdown and also, as Cheryl referenced, the box by box, uh, because in the South you have a friends and neighbors syndrome. In other words, the people that know you best, did they turn out for you? Uh, so it would be interesting to, to see that analysis Wednesday morning. That's Lori Owens. She's a political science professor at Jacksonville State University. We also heard from Marissa Grayson at Samford University and uh, WBHM's local government reporter, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart. Uh, thanks to all three of you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. And that's it for this edition of WBHM Politics. The show is produced by Gigi Duban, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart, and myself. Our theme song is by local Birmingham guitarist Eric Essex and is called Find Your Way. Let us know what you think. Send us a message through the WBHM Facebook page or tweet at us. We're at WBHM or you can use the hashtag WBHM Politics. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review. It really helps us out. I'm Andrew Yeager. Thanks for listening.